Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed our breaking news edition of Fantasy NBA Today a little earlier on today. This is the official Wednesday episode of Fantasy NBA Today, a sports ethos presentation. I am your host, Dan Bespris, and I am thrilled to be joined on this lovely Wednesday by the great Adam King. What's up, my man? How you doing? Pretty good. We, we got here we, a little later than, than we had planned, but... That's fine. As I said, I'm not rushing into the office this morning, unfortunately, <laughs> so I'm good to go for the next, whatever, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah, we'll get you in and out of here. We um, So Adam told me he was good to hang around. I thought, all right, well, let's do a breaking news edition of the show, and we've extended our uh, our time together by a little bit. So um, first and foremost, this is a mailbag edition. We, uh, we still don't have a, a real name for it. It's sort of a deep bag as we're looking right now, Adam and I try to tackle the bigger fantasy questions that folks have at different junctures throughout the season. Meaning, basically, you know, don't say, hey, what should I do with so-and-so player? Because that's the type of stuff we cover on social media all the time. It gets covered in our premium Discord all the time, which is great. Hope you guys can join us over there. This is for strategy. This is strategic analysis. By the way, if you're looking for our assessment on the Bam Adebayo surgery, that is what the breaking news episode of the podcast was, so we're not going to dive into that here on this one. We're also not really going to do a full Tuesday recap. You know, we we put all of our stuff out there on the on social media, so please do, if you have Twitter, follow us. Again, at Dan Vespers, at AdamKing91. Um, and if you don't, as I've said before, you should really get it, and then just make sure you only follow a couple people, and please... For the love of Pete, use uh, TweetDeck so you don't get this sponsored posts and other weird crap that drops into your timeline and uh, makes you want to um, go out and set fire to the neighborhood. Because Twitter can do that to you, and I don't want to do that to you guys. Last night, at about 10 p.m. Pacific time, I opened up a thread asking for mailbag questions, and we got a handful. Adam, I want to um, put you in charge here of where we're starting. Um... Was there any one of these that jumped out at you as the one you were like, I want to make sure, Dan, we talk about this one? And and by the way, if folks have not figured it out, we didn't pick before coming on air. So, Adam, you get first choice. Which one should we start with? <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I bet I'll read through them. Um, I mean, there were a few player-specific ones there. Uh, there was one I saw, I think, that got a sort of got seconded by someone. Oh, yeah, the question from our buddy VP. Uh, we could start yeah. with that one. Yeah, so that one's in deep leagues of 16 teams or more. When do you hold a streamer long-term? Otto, for example, uh, so Otto Porter, I'm, I'm assuming, um, is he worth holding in deep leagues? Tough to find reliable value in deep leagues. And there was a plus one. So, yeah, look, what are, what are your thoughts there on, on deeper leagues and, and streaming? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, everything, and it's interesting that this one got plus one. I, I do think this one kind of comes down more to math than a strategy change. Basically, if you're streaming in whatever size league you're in, you just adjust what a streamer level player is. So for me, I'm in a couple of 12-team head, head leagues this year. I ended up in more of them than I intended to, which I guess I could say about any type of league right now. I'm in too many. Um, and I do stream in, not all of them, uh, one that's 
where like everyone is leaning so heavily into volume, you kind of have to stream or you're cooked. And another one where it's a little bit shallower, actually. It's it's a 12-teamer, but it plays kind of shallow because there's IL spots and a short bench. So that one I'm streaming because it's actually hard to maximize games. If you if you get an extra game there, it, it goes a long way. There's one where I'm very decidedly not streaming just because of, again, you know, it's a longer starting list. I think it's uh, it's a 12-teamer, but it has like 12 or 13 starting spots and a four or five-player bench. So it plays pretty deep, probably plays more like a 16-teamer. Um, so in that one, if I was going to stream... You would just adjust the 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 window down. Does that make sense? I mean, I, I don't want to go into too much detail here, other, other than to say, like, in a twelve teamer, the guys I stream are probably someone who's in that like one fifteen to one forty range. Doesn't have a ton of upside. I'd rather just plop someone else into his spot for a couple of days, and then plop someone else in there and turn that into a. Uh, a top 120 guy going seven times in a week or whatever it happens to be. Is that generally how you function as well with 12 teamers and then we can try to extend it or do you have a different way of looking at it? Yeah, look, I think, well, again, it, punting comes into it for me anyway. Um, and and for that reason, certain players who might be might be viewed as a streamer might actually be someone that you hold on to. And mm. JaVale McGee is a good example for me. So I've got him in a couple of leagues where I'm just big man heavy and, and all I want is rebounds and blocks and field goal percentage, um, low turnovers. And so in a standard league, McGee is, is more of a streamer. For me in, in that league, I'm, I'm holding him. He's, he's someone that I'm hanging on to because I don't need him to score points. Um I just need him to score efficiently when he is on the floor and, and get those the, those blocks and rebounds. So, and then it's it's all relative, I suppose. As you as your leagues get deeper, um, certain players who are who are streamers in shallow leagues become holds in in deeper leagues. Otto Porter is is a good example there. Um, in a twelve team league at the moment, you're probably sort of adding him and just seeing what happens. In a sixteen team league, he probably is because he's the floor, the the level of floor required to be a, a permanent guy in a deeper league is is not as high. So right. yeah, you don't need him to be. I mean, he's been really good the last three, four games, five games. I think he had one bad one thrown in there, but he's doing enough to to certainly be on a roster. His, um, his body is due league. to snap in half, probably. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, I, yeah, look, yeah. That, that's where I am. Yeah, and and I mean, you have to also consider like deep leagues of sixteen teams. You really need to be looking at roster size, as you said. I'm in a sixteen team league, but our rosters are only eight deep. So that sort of balances out to be a, a standard league in terms of what we normally talk about. Yep, totally agree. Uh, and I don't know that there's a uh, necessarily a perfect cutoff, but if you wanted to. Um, my move is something in the neighborhood of like eight times the number of teams in your league. So 96 players in a, in a 12 team league, anything above that is someone that I am not at all willing to part with. Those are guys that I almost definitely want to keep on my roster for a long term. Then there's sort of like a little bit of a gray area for about the next 12 
about one more round, like the ninth round is kind of a gray area for me. And then 10th round and beyond, that's anywhere from streamer to just not at all interesting. And you can probably apply that. This, by the way, uh, is probably for like a start 10 guys, like three to five player bench-ish, maybe four player, somewhere in the middle of like... And if the, the bench goes longer, then you probably extend the number down. Basically, for every roster slot on your team in whatever number of teams, like, like that's how many other players are not on the waiver wire anymore, I think you can shift the window down by maybe not exactly that number, something a little bit lower than that. So, you know, like a 14-teamer, you're probably looking at something like the top 115-ish or so uh, are guys that should be rest of season holds. 16-teamer, you're probably looking at like top 130 to 140. Those guys are all holdable. Uh, and then you create whatever window you want for streamer beyond that 15, 20, 30, something of that, of that nature. So good question. I like that. And that was a good one. We got to dive into the, the streaming stuff a little bit. Um, there was actually a question that I thought tied into that. So I want to go to this one, even if necessarily it's like, I like the question a lot, actually, maybe we were going to get back to it later, but this feels like the right time. Uh, this is from Heath. With guys near the back end of ownership, so roughly like number 120 in a 12-teamer, how do you determine when to hold a player through injury and then as opposed to just dropping them? So this is actually going beyond streamer level. This is to say how good does a player need to be for you to take zeros from them? Adam, I got to think that this is there's more factors than just what their rank is because length of injury... Uh, I mean, we've already found out it's a 12-team league, so we can just assume that that's what we're working with here. But, you know, length of injury combined with where they are inside that top X number of players, you kind of have to compute that for each thing individually, do you not? Yeah, there's a, a lot of factors in something like this um, because, I mean, if you're talking about players down in that 120 range then there's a chance that... And, and, I mean, you need to look at what team they play for as well. If they're playing for a team that's not looking to win, then they could hold them out longer. Um, they're going to ease them back in even when they, they come in, uh, come back from their injury. So what's their role going to look like when they come back? Um, I mean, if you're talking about the, the Rockets and if it had been... Like three weeks ago, if Daniel Tice had gone down when he was starting and playing decent minutes and sort of he was sitting at the back end of 12-team leagues and you would sort of say, oh, do I hold him? Do I drop him? He's out of the rotation now. So teams like that who are going to be looking to to blood these young guys and get them through, um, even when they come back, their role might change. It, it's I'm sort of with you, I think, there in terms of who, who I view as someone worth holding and in a standard league i generally sort of say a top 100 player anything beyond that i'm happy to to drop it and and my thought or what i if if i'm dropping a player or considering dropping a player i guess my thought is if i saw this guy on waiver wires would i run to grab him or would i go "Eh, maybe i'll get him maybe there'll be someone better if the answer isn't Yes, I'm grabbing him. Uh, I need him on my team. I'm okay to drop him. Yeah, I like that. You sort of put yourself in the other team's shoes as opposed to what most of us do, which is, will I miss this guy? Asking, will someone else 
even go get this guy is, I think, a pretty reasonable question. And that, again, there is kind of a window there. Some teams might, some teams might not. Uh, for me, if I'm going to try to, and I'm going to do my best here to try to simplify the answer to this question, which, again, there are far too many factors to take it at just this. But if someone is in that 80 to 100 range and they're going to miss like a month and a half, like we're talking about with Bam, who I know is actually in that range right now, but we know Bam is better than that. But someone who's like legitimately a, ni- a top 90 kind of guy, if they're going to miss more than a month, I'm probably going to part with them, unless it's really easy to stash them in IL. We're, we're assuming here that you're taking zeros, that not there's no, there's no safety net in this instance. Your IL is full, whatever hypothetical you need to have in your brain to, to see this thing through. Anything inside the top 80... Uh, you almost have to hold. I mean, unless it's like 79, and then you're kind of splitting hairs with my examples here. But inside the top 75, if we want to make it that way, you almost have to hold through anything that brings them back with enough time to get back up to sort of full speed during this year. So if we were to assume that Adebayo was someone who we didn't expect to be more of a top 25 kind of guy, let's assume he's... I don't know, someone that was drafted a lot more like a fifth rounder with an expectation that maybe he was going to be in that 55 range. If I found out a 55 range guy, I'm holding him for six weeks, aren't you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I think I, I'd probably probably hold there. And again, it depends on your where you sit in your standings and, and whether you can afford to to just have him sitting there. I've, I've just gone through rankings, and so he's three names three players who fall into this category of fringy type holds, I think. And so, and I I know what you'll say for one of them, but would you hold these guys and they they have been injured or or are injured at the moment? First one is Pat Beverly. No, I cut him. And, and him, yeah, I'm cutting him. So, so he's currently the 103rd ranked player. Right. So that's a that's sort of on that that threshold there. Um, without an IR spot, I'm cutting him too. Yep. Um, next one is Bogdan Bogdanovich. Mm, probably holding, um, but I don't like how Atlanta's wings are looking this mm. year. Um, I I do we have a timeline on Bogdan? Handy. I've forgotten what his was here. Uh, well, I think he was a couple uh, weeks. It was, yeah, it was too reevaluated in two weeks. It was mm. an ankle sprain. So, yeah, I'll probably I, hold. I'm thinking, yeah, he, and he's. I mean, he's only the 140th ranked player, but we know he can be a top 100 player. Yeah. Um. When are you holding well. there? Also, uh, I think I dropped him in one league, and I'm holding him in another. <laughs> so he so, really is. Uh, he's really right on the borderline. He is, and the third one is. Um, uh, is your your mate there, Nick Batum? Oh, I'm holding on to him because I thought with because uh, this is COVID. My assumption is that he'll be back pretty soon now. Mm. Um, if I had found out that he was going to miss six weeks, I probably would have cut him because yeah. too many things can change on a team where like his role wasn't guaranteed. He played his way, I thought, into a big role, and only missing. I mean, I guess it's going to end up being probably two-ish or more weeks now, but I thought it would be a week and a half to two weeks. I don't think you get your role completely vacated in that amount of time. If he was going to miss six weeks to two months or whatever it might have been here for in a hypothetical, 
that's too much time for him to regain his spot. All these pieces can move over that amount of time. So yeah, uh, if it was longer, he's a drop for me. Um, for two weeks, he's one that I held on to. Yeah, yeah, and I, I held on to him too. I mean, Marcus Morris has come back into the rotation, so it will be, uh, yeah, we'll have to see how how he what his minutes look like when he does come back in. But I think you need to remember as well, coming off COVID, it's probably going to take him a few games to get back. We've seen that with mm-hmm. just about everyone who's come back from COVID that that it does take them a little bit to get going again. So um, yeah, anyway, they were just three names that I saw there that sort of fell into that basket. Let's see here. Let's uh, let's move along to the next one. I like that. That was a good sort of little two-pack of questions we got to tackle. Oh, hey, want to remind all of you guys to please drop a five-star review on the pod. Please. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to ask very nicely. You can uh, do that via the podcast app on your mobile device or by uh, opening up iTunes. Search for Fantasy NBA Today. Click on the show title. And on a mobile device, you got to scroll down to the bottom. On iTunes, I think there's just a rate and review button. I haven't bugged you guys about this much since... Uh, draft season, really. That was like six weeks ago now. So uh, please do it. We want to keep rolling those up. That's how we can continue to grow the podcast again. Uh, again, it's a Fantasy NBA Today, a Sports Ethos presentation. And uh, why not check out Sports Ethos while you're at it? I'll tell you more about what's going on over there and some of our corporate sponsors a little later in the podcast. Um, so we do have a couple questions that are player-specific. Some of them, I think, could be translated into bigger discussions, although I also think I kind of covered some of those. So with apologies to the questions on, like, Jason Tatum, who I've done some rants on on the podcast. You could call them rants. I guess they're more of a, like, reasons to buy low kind of thing. I'd rather, again, steer more into sort of these, hey, what are people really thinking about, big picture-wise, as we hit, technically now the third individual month of the NBA season. And uh, next to Jack, I thought, had kind of a, an interesting question. It says, are there any upcoming checkpoints we should note, or long-term checkpoints even? Uh, Dan, you mentioned on the Tuesday pod, we just kind of passed the settling checkpoint. Is there a trade deadline checkpoint, a second quarter trend, an after Christmas trend, playoff stretch, playoff teams, all-star breaks, do you look ahead that far, Adam, to, to sort of like, here comes another checkpoint? Or do you kind of, I don't know, for me, I actually more sort of ride the wave with the checkpoints in my brain as if to say, look, I know certain things are going to be changing or settling, as it were, at these junctures, but I don't know that I'm doing anything now specifically like, say you know, for a Christmas checkpoint or a trade deadline checkpoint. Like, all, to me, those are about... The trade deadline checkpoint is is sort of the marker for, hey, when are these young guys getting 13 minutes going to start getting 26 minutes? And is what's the point that I start to sit on them? But what about you? What are your, what are your annual checkpoints? How do, you, how do you seek them out? What do you do strategically as you sort of see them way off in the distance? Yeah, I think I'm sort of like you. I just... I just sort of go with the flow a bit. Um, obviously, the the big one is, and, and the question that that I get asked a lot is, with these players who are, who you're sort of preaching them as a as a, an elite stash or, or a, a breakout sort of second half of the season guy. When does that time come? Um, yeah, when is that time uh, for you? I I struggle with that actually. I tend to go late on those. Yeah. Oh, 
I mean, a good example for me is is a guy that I've been holding all year, and he and he's been okay, um, and that's Alperen Sengun. So he he's a guy that, um, yeah, I I have got him. I'm just having a look at what his ranking is. I I don't even look at his ranking because it's if not, I did, I would be yes. dropping him. <laughs> it's not great, um, not great, Bob. <laughs> no, so he's outside the top two hundred. Um, so so obviously not. Based on that number alone, he's not a, a 12-team hold. But he is one of these guys who we sort of say, oh, look, come January or come February, he's going to be getting 28 minutes a night. And and for for players like that, for me, I think I have to... Because obviously there's, there's a lot of basketball being played and it's impossible to watch every game and every player as much as I would like to... Um, my job gets in the way of that, unfortunately, my day job. So I can't. But players like this, I actually make a point of, of going back and just watching highlights and watching him on the court because to me that that reassures me that I see something there and, and I think that come January or come February, he will step into that bigger role. So he passes that eye test, I suppose, and, and, and just makes me feel a little bit better about myself holding him when I could be streaming that position and probably getting more value at the moment. So as to when that happens, I I guess you sort of base it on the team. I, I guess with the like with the Thunder, with the Rockets, with the Pistons, these teams that are clearly not making the playoffs, it's gonna happen before some of the fringy teams who who are probably still maybe thinking of the, the playoffs like the Kings. Um, so basically, yeah, I guess have a look at the team that they play for and, and when you think they're going to drop out of the playoff race and if they're already out of the playoff race, which I think you can say about the Thunder and the, the Rockets and the Pistons. <laughs> um, and, and it's probably going to be a bit earlier for them. It, it hasn't happened yet, but it, it's going to be... Uh, so uh, Kelly Olynyk is an interesting one for me because when he comes back, the Pistons are probably going to be done for the season or, or sort of out, out of that that playoff push. So where does he fit? Do they just look to trade him away, or do they do they play him heavy minutes to build up his trade value? Um, that's a thought process that some people believe in. Um, I do want to know what they sold him on. Don't you? Because like there was no yeah. way they were going to be good, and they have Isaiah Stewart, who's their young center. I have to think they sold Olinick on playing at least half a ball game because there were suitors for him. There's no way the Pistons were the only team that were like, "Oh, Kelly, hey, we really want you as a veteran floor spacing big man who can pass." Like mm-hmm. any any team would want that. By the way, I think we just got a, a breaking. Damian Lillard piece of news while we're on air as well, uh, that he's going to rest 10 days at least with uh, lower abdominal tendinopathy mm-hmm. now. So that rest extends beyond just one ball game. We're okay here. Here's my answer to this question, Adam. We're in the dog days now. Now that the settling has stopped, we're in the part of the season where every MFR in the league is hurt. It's happening so fast right now. I mean, I can't, I can barely keep up with the number of like little red uh, crosses or whatever that, you know, whatever platform you're using. If you're looking at the basketball monster, it's the little red tag on everything. Between 
COVID protocols and actual injury, it, it's it's an absurd number right now that's happening. And we're just adding players to the list. Bam, we did a special on. Now Dame, who's going to, again, this seems shorter than the Bam one. That's why he got his own episode. And we're just going to talk about Dame in this one. But I think that's the part of the season you're in right now. And I think this might be, maybe we could call it sort of the streamer part of the year or the long streamer part of the year because if everybody is out for 7 10 14 20 days or and some are out for 45 that means there are going to be a ton of fill-in dudes that are actually going to be useful even in roto games cap formats guys that can drop in as sort of a one-to-one replacement and go for a top 75 or top 85 couple of weeks that are better than trying to find some random schmo that that we've all been looking for the last couple of weeks. I feel like, and again, I don't want to, I don't mean to take this in too many directions at the same time, but we're kind of, you saw it in New York. An adjustment was made, not because Kemba got hurt, but because he was just bad. And now new players are emerging there. Uh, Dame missing time means Anthony Simons is basically their starting point guard now. Bam being out. We just talked about Dwayne Dedman in our special show right before doing this one. We're in the streamer or injury or whatever name you want to call it part of the year between now uh and christmas probably and then everybody gets sort of like a weird new year reset everybody gets a little bit of energy people to like the players sort of tune out going into the holidays and then slowly tune back in and then you're in the, the six week run up to the trade deadline so i don't know do you what do you agree? Is this is this dog days time? Is this injury replacement time? Am I am I close? Is it some facsimile of that? I I don't know. I saw this Dame news and I just felt like I needed to yell about it. <laughs> yeah, no. Look, you're right on it. You it's as you said. It's these guys. You're looking at these guys now, and and are they long term streamers or short term pickups? I guess they're depending which way you want to look at that there, but. LeBron James is another one. Um, yeah, good call. Down for for ten days. Um, who and and often there is. Uh, so I did the the um, pickups of the night article last night, um, and there were a few spaces here. So with Devin Booker going down, uh, with LeBron James going down, there are guys that you can look at. But which one do you go with? Like I know with with so with certain ones there there isn't a clear. Pick up so for LeBron, I think I put Carmelo Anthony, Taylor Horton Tucker, and Malik Monk as the three to consider. But which one do you go with? Um, it could be a different one every night, um, and you can't you can't pick them all up. So there is a little bit of luck involved uh, with with some of these guys. Um, with Lillard, it's a little bit more obvious. I think it, as you said, it's Anthony Simons. Um, who I was just looking to see if he was available in any of my leagues. Um, yeah, pause show, check for Simons, <laughs> re- yeah, re-engage no. show. Um, so, yeah, look, it is. There, there are going to be guys now that you can pick up for two weeks who who will be able to give you top 100 uh, value. Uh, Simons probably falls into that that bucket, but you need to then sort of think, normally if you were looking at, at like, say Lillard's out for this game, I'll pick up Simons. If he sucks, I drop him, I grab another streamer. Now you need to reconsider that a little bit and say, okay, well, I'll pick up Simons. He wasn't good tonight, but I'm probably going to hold him because he's going to, he's going whether he's bad or not, he's going to still be playing minutes for the next two weeks. So you just have to sort of readjust your thinking a little bit there with, 
with how you view these players. Um, because if you do drop Simons, chances are someone is going to go, oh, someone dropped Anthony Simons. I'm going to pick him up for the next two weeks. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a, a readjustment period here, I think. Yeah. Um, so that's call it the readjustment stretch of the season. Seems like a perfectly reasonable way to, to drop it. Uh, let's do one more question and then we can uh, put a pin in this one. Um, do, do, do. Which one should we go to as the last one? Is the, um, okay. How about this one? Uh, this is a question that basically I can, I can pare down into just saying, do you get cute with your players? And uh, those that have listened to me for a long time know that that's what I mean when I say the following question. This is from Luke. Is there a strategy to when you start your starter-worthy bench guys or bench a starter against certain matchups? Do you guys look at specific stats, use sites, tools to try to avoid dud games, or you just take with the good, the bad? It all levels out. I just take the good with the bad. Every single time I've ever gotten cute with trying to sit a player in a bad matchup, they explode. And every time I try to start a guy that I think has a really juicy matchup, he stinks. I'm not a DFS expert. That's kind of where this goes. Uh, I don't get cute. Adam, do you get cute? Not really. Uh, maybe maybe in a couple of places I do. So so a league I'm in at the moment, which is a, it's actually a head-to-head league that has a games cap. Um, oh, interesting. And yeah, and so the matchup I'm in at the moment, it, it, I'm second and the guy I'm against is first. So we're, we're, we're very evenly matched but we're both very good in in opposite stats so he he's very good in the guard stats i'm very good in the big man stats so there's a swing category and for us for the for us it's threes and steals he's he's smashing me in threes so i'm not winning threes this week so it's going to be steals that it'll come down to so i'm actually sitting in that team i'm probably going to sit mo bumba today who's a guy that i would generally be starting every game but because i'm going to get danny green in there in the hope that danny green will get me some steals um because i don't need rebounds i don't need blocks um because I, i'm that good in those categories that I, i'm that far ahead it's it's simply steals that i need so i'm okay to sit bumba uh and and throw him in and, and there might be another instance where i sit one of my other guys and and throw in someone like um uh, I think I've got Pat Connaughton in that league, so I might throw him in in the hope that he gets one or two steals as well. So there are situations where I will do it, but generally I think I'm like you because if I try to, if I try to be too, yeah, too cute about it and go, oh, look at this matchup and and look at past matchups against these players, and it just backfires, and and then I regret sitting the guy that went out and got a double double, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's yep. yeah, yeah, I'm like you, I think. Yep, I can never get that one right. I would trust our guys over in the DFS division. Mike and Santino, they can set my lineup if if uh, if somebody wants to get cute, but I sure as you know what, I'm not trying to do it myself. And thus, we once again cinch the top of our deep bag. It's a terrible name for it, but that's where we're at <laughs> right now. <laughs> uh, Adam, a pleasure, good sir. Um, I think we should be able to do this again next week, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty good. We might get back to our our usual. We were doing it on a Tuesday, but um, 
Yes, I'll look I was, around you, of course. I was sitterless yesterday, so thank you for adjusting on that one. He is the marvelous Adam King. Follow him on Twitter at AdamKing91. Have a lovely start of your day, good sir. Uh, I will. I'll go and do a bit of work and then head off to the doctor. <laughs> Deli- <laughs> Sounds delightful, man. I'll talk to you in a week. All right. Talk to you then. Bye. The great Adam King, ladies and gentlemen. Always a pleasure. We'll deep bag it again next week. <laughs> I guess one thing I would note, since we did just put out a BAM special and Dame stuff is being lumped into this podcast, is that there's probably a little bit of a get what uh, stats you need, especially with the number of guys that just popped up. Tyus Jones in Memphis filling in for John Morant, uh, THT and the various LeBron Airs crew that are going to be filling in for Braun with his COVID stuff. Now, Anthony Simons, because with Dame, he might miss more than, than 10 days. Remember, he's going to be reevaluated in 10. And then Adebayo, out six weeks. So you've got Dwayne Dedman as a fill-in in New York, uh, with Kemba being yanked from the rotation, Alec Burks, Derek Rose, possibly Emmanuel Quickly, although I do think R.J. Barrett coming back probably puts a little bit of a lid on Rose and Quickly, more so on Quickly because he doesn't do as many things well as D. Rose does, but there are a lot... Again, I didn't mean to get into sort of the specifics of who's better than who and in every scenario. I do think we're all going to be weighing what categories we need. So uh, right after Adam hung up, I actually paused the recording for just a second, and he and I talked through Dwayne Dedman or Anthony Simons. And then as, as we sort of looked into it, the thought was, it really comes down to what do you need. Dedman probably has a longer run here but lower upside, where you know if it's not going well, Spolster's going to yank him. He's not guaranteed 25 minutes in any one individual ball game. And there were actually a few games where Bam was out and Deadman only played like 17 minutes. So that's a very real possibility and a very low floor if he's only playing 16, 17 minutes. Whereas with someone like Simons, we can almost guarantee he's playing starters minutes with Dame not on the floor because he's been playing... 20-ish, slightly more than that at times, minutes, even when Dame was there. Simons is at 23 minutes per game on the season. And yes, again, I know he had 36 yesterday, so that tips the scales a little bit in his favor. But this is a guy that, to me, has a ton of potential. And if you scroll through and try to sort of find the individual games where Dame had sat out already this year. Some of them were back-to-back. Simons was basically guaranteed some 28-ish minutes per game. He's shooting the ball well, 47% from the field. He's making threes. The only thing he hasn't done well this year is uh, get steals. Not a big defensive stats guy, and never has been looking through his now, this is his fourth season in the NBA. But, uh, Shooting percentage up this year. Free throw percentage, very good this year. And he's going to have almost no choice but to get some assists if you're going to fill in for Dame. You can't just be the bench gunner, so his role changes a little bit. Uh, I like Anthony Simons actually more in that spot, unless your team is desperately hunting seven to eight rebounds per game. That's the where, that's where Dwayne Dedman ends up beating him, because Simons is probably going to be around four, if I had to guess, as a full-time Playing full-time starters minutes, it'll be a closer to probably four rebounds per game, three and a half maybe, 
Uh, but he's going to be the better player in assists. He's going to get spanked by Deadman in blocks. They might be relatively close in steals, frankly. And then with Simons, he's going to win points, threes, free throw percent. And field goal percent, he might not lose by all that much, but probably by a little. So for Simons, I think you're seeing two weeks here of uh, someone who might be able to chug his way into more of a top 75 valuation. With Deadman, yeah, maybe you get six weeks of top 100, but what's more important to your basketball team? Which categories, uh, if you're just making the choice between those two guys? Now, obviously, if you were going to incorporate all of the other names we've been talking about the last couple days, Alec Burks is your runaway winner. I do think Derrick Rose is actually more interesting than either of the immediate pickups today, although Simon's probably not that far away in in that type of instance. But we're very much in injury replacement things, the board shaking uh, time of year now that the big names have kind of gone through the great settling. Uh, thank you once again to our buddies over at manscaped.com. Use coupon code uh, HOOPBALL20. Again, that one hasn't changed for us yet. 20% off and free shipping on your order over there. And of course... Oh, man, I took out, I cashed out the 350 bucks I won over Thanksgiving weekend over at my bookie. I would assume you guys could or did already. Um, I already bought myself something cool with it. That is the definition of found money. Literally. Like, I only needed to have, I had, I had $250 in my account, so that wasn't a problem. But you just needed to start with 250 for that Turkey Day risk-free bet. And then over the rest of the weekend, I believe the odds boosts, let's see, it was like 25 on seven bets, so 175. I think you got 235 in odds boosts uh, just over the weekend. And then if you played yesterday's Cyber Monday, Monday Night Football stuff, you cleared the rollover, even if you lost your Turkey Day bet, which fortunately we won. Uh, We, I say me, me and my family, we won on Raiders. But I, you know, I took out that 250 along with the 60 on the locks, along, I think we were up about another 50 on the odds boost stuff. So yeah, I took up about $350-ish, and I bought myself something cool. And I really hope you guys got down with that. I mean, there are thousands of you listening to this podcast, so I pray to the good Lord that at least hundreds of you went and took my bookie for three to $400 a piece. I pray. I really hope, as, as many times as I yelled at you guys. If you want to make sure you're involved for the next odds boost whenever that one drops, make sure to sign up for an account over there. MyBookie.ag promo code is just the word HOOPBALL. And we got two new sponsors about set to start with us. Uh, Thrive Fantasy on the DFS side and ExpressVPN will likely be coming back with us in about two weeks. I think Thrive starting with us next week. So really excited about that. We'll tell you more about those two spots when we get more information in our pause. Have a lovely Wednesday, everyone. Thanks again to the great Adam King. I am Dan Bespris for Sports Ethos' Fantasy NBA Today. Oh, by the way, um, when you follow me on Twitter, which I've asked you plenty of times to do, but I'm assuming you're actually going to do it today, uh, let me know what you thought about having a breaking news episode of the pod. Did it confuse Was it nice that we were able to sort of just get it out there and you didn't have to wait for it? That was my hope, is that that would be the advantage of it. But again, I don't, like, I'm doing things in the hope that I can find something you guys like. I don't know if it's going to work when I'm doing it. I'm grabbing a handful of darts monthly and just firing them at a wall. And if this one works, hit me. And we'll try to do it on anything else that sort of has that magnitude. Four, six, eight weeks, that type of thing. Big player missing a a significant chunk of time. 
uh, and then maybe we, ex we extend it down the board. It probably makes more sense long-term as kind of a YouTube quick hitter, but hey, if you like it on the pod channel, we can drop it to you there as well. Okay, again, have a great Wednesday, everybody. We'll back at you tomorrow on Thursday. Recap a nice big Wednesday of basketball with all these injuries. We'll see how these players do their first day filling in. So long, everybody.